Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm super excited to have my friend of fucking 20 years, Kara Studinsky, on the pod today. Kara, how you doing? Great. How are you? Thanks for having me, John. Oh, you're welcome. I'm doing good. Thanks. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to uh, to the audience? Sure. So my name is Kara. Um, I am the executive editor of a magazine called Nobleman. Um, and we are, you know, men's luxury lifestyle, and I'm based here out of New York City. And it was interesting to me that uh, we've obviously known each other for such, such an insane amount of time. I mean, 20 years. It's at least 20, right? I mean, I, I think we met in Wildwood when we were probably, <laughs> I don't know, junior high, high school, something like that, right? Yeah, 20 years. Let's not, like, tell people how old we are, but, like, <laughs> I'm sure they can figure it out <laughs> well, by doing that math. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you look good for our age. I maybe not so much, but you know. Oh, thank you. It's the Botox. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I've, I've made my first appointment for next week, so I'm excited. <laughs> um, executive editor. I mean, that's pretty fancy. How did you get into media, magazine work, publishing, etc.? Um, I, I, I actually don't remember where you went to college. <laughs> oh boy. Well, then you're in for a real treat because <laughs> I <laughs> went to fashion school, oh. which. I like, so I don't know, my background, I guess, is kind of all over the place. I grew up in New Jersey, as you know, um, and then in like 2006, my family moved to Florida and I went with them, you know, being like, all right, well, I have nothing else to do. And I think I, my freshman year, I went to Monmouth University with your good friends, Steve and Steve. I know. Um, so I was there and then I transferred out and went to school in Miami um, and I opened up my own automotive parts distribution company because my family was like super into cars. They always had, um, you know, like a, a service shop and a dealer and whatever in North Jersey. So I always grew up around the shop. Um, and the cars were like the only thing I knew how to do. Um, so naturally I was like, all right, let's do it. And then I realized Florida fucking sucked. <laughs> and, then, and I hated it. And I, the best thing I ever heard about Florida, somebody said, and I think it's from a book, Florida is a sunny place for shady people. <laughs> and it's so true. So I was like, oh, this isn't going to work for me. I love that. <laughs> so I ended up getting into FIT, which is a fashion institute here awesome. in New York. Um, and I, like 2007, I think, yeah, like January of 2007, packed all my stuff up in the car and drove from Miami here. Uh, and I've been here ever since. And then, so three schools, <laughs> three different colleges. And at that point I was like, I think I just need the degree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's just take this out. So I ended up, um, staying at FIT just to like finish the degree but like again I was in automotive so like to go to fashion school like I was like what it was totally different right and I honestly had like just like the most general major so so you know how like everybody that goes to school and doesn't know what they want to do picks like liberal arts oh, <laughs> so, yeah. like, the fashion version of that is called fashion management Ooh, <laughs> so, okay. that was it sounds degree. better than liberal arts <laughs> oh my god right fashion management yeah and then I realized I suck really hard at math, so like fashion management wasn't even going to work. <laughs> I can't add, subtract, multiply, or divide any number. Long division. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do with my life? And then I got um, an internship at Elle Magazine because I needed one to graduate. And I was like, whatever, just let me, you know, let's figure it out. And then I got there and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it was kind of like one of those 
um, you know, when it's like right, it's right. And I walked in the first day and I was like, oh, yep, got it. Okay, now we're on the right path. Oh, I love so I that. stayed there for like two years and I was like the intern that would <laughs> never leave. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> whether they wanted to or not, I think they're probably just like, God, what is wrong with this girl? Can't get so rid I of her. Every day, like, here's the coffee. What do you want? What can I help with? Because I just loved it so much. And that's ironically, awesome. that's like where I made <clears throat> kind of, you know, some of the best friends of my life. I mean, obviously I have people like you and, and Frank and everybody else we grew up with who was still my friend, but like, those years were definitely the most pivotal of my like adult life because mm -hmm. I'm still best friends with those people and I haven't made any friends since. <laughs> so, <laughs> I refuse to believe that. Yeah. That can't possibly be true. So, so that was like the greatest, right? And that, that definitely set me up for success. And then after that, um, I interned, just had a bunch of, well, sorry, not interned. Gosh, I got hired um, at a different bunch of, you know, magazines. So after L, I went to Glamour Magazine. Mm -hmm. and I was there for about a year. Um, and then after that, I went to People Style Watch Magazine, which mm -hmm. was like the style spinoff of People at the time. I think it's like no longer around, but that's what it was. Um, and then after People, I went to GQ. Uh, and I was at GQ probably for year and a half ish somewhere along those lines and then after that i just needed like a magazine break because people who work in magazines are not super nice i don't know if you know that i've got a s small experience but mostly on the digital end not the oh, print side my gosh so crazy and so mean and i am totally the opposite of those extremely things. opposite yeah <laughs> so it like never ended up working out for me except for at l when i was an intern and they had, could, they had to be nice to me because they weren't paying. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Indentured servitude. <laughs> exactly. Um, but so after that, I was like, I just need to get away from these people. And I did. I took like maybe, I don't know, four year hiatus of just being like freelance. Um, and then very serendipitously, I met my boss at Nobleman, Doug McLaughlin, slash business partner now. Ooh, Ooh fancy. Um, yeah. At, on a press trip. And we were just talking and, you know, became friends. And I was like, oh, I had just, you know, left GQ a few years prior. Like, let me see if I can help you. And the rest kind of history. I started off as, like, <laughs> employee number one. And it was literally just me and Doug and his wife, Lydia, for probably the longest time. Um, and it, <laughs> it still kind of is now with the exception of, like, adding two or three different people to our mix. Um, but, yeah, it's it was just, like, I don't know, the right time, the right thing at the right time. And it reminded me a lot of, like, when I walked over, you know, when I started at L and I was like, oh, this is correct. I love this. Like everything in my like heart feels like, right, this is this is the thing I'm supposed to be doing. That's kind of how I felt with this. And so over time, we've just built it up. Um, and I guess that's just a really long way <laughs> for me to tell you that I'm the executive editor because I helped them start it. And, you know, I just kept on keeping not on. really moving up <laughs> but like helping them and 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 here we are and you know i don't even think of the title as like a super important thing i'm just kind of like no this is <laughs> my job this right. is what i've always kind of been doing but thank you for calling me something fancy <laughs> i mean I that that that's that's the, the humbleness in you and and we'll get into that in a bit but i mean you touched upon something that in my estimation is probably one of the most important things that like i've unfortunately like learned a little bit later in life is like when you find your passion and like you find your thing it's like such an amazing freeing feeling and obviously it's it's great that it, you've found your like landing spot and, and even when you're in an internet l you know recognizing and understanding like how important that 
stepping stone was going to be to you and you know feeling like you found your place and and you know i found that you know super later in life you know when i picked up a camera for the first time and you know even doing this podcast um it's just such a nice feeling when you kind of like land in the in the spot that you're supposed to be in and uh and just it feels like everything's coming together um you've done some pretty part of my French fucking cool stuff since you've been working with Nobleman. Um, and obviously I didn't know the, the whole car aspect of, of, you know, your, your childhood and growing up and you've posted photos with some of the most insane, incredible cars, uh, whiskeys, uh, you know, geographic locations on the world. Um, what is like one of the, you know, one of the instances or one of the things that you've done in your time at Nobleman that like really sticks out of you is something that was like truly, you know, blew you away. Well, I mean, lots of things, but it's kind of <laughs> funny when you think about it because I, because I mean, honestly, I think my dad wanted a boy growing up <laughs> and then like he got me, which honestly is like pretty fucking close. <laughs> yeah. No, you're cool. And, and so I was just lucky because now nobleman kind of combines everything I'm accidentally good at, like cars and whiskey. I mean, I'm a professional drinker. <laughs> I know you and me both. We're, we're, we're about a year overdue, but yeah. <laughs> So like this, I just got lucky in that like men's lifestyle really kind of is where I excel, right? So I just happen to be a female who knows a lot about cars and whiskey and cigars and all that stuff in general. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been just a little bit easier for me, I guess, to transition from like women's fashion, which is obviously L, into like this, right? And I'm sure. like, oh my god, this is like awesome. I should have been doing this the whole fucking time. Um, so and it's funny because like people on my team will be like, Kara, why do you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I think my dad wanted a boy. Um, and it's true. But yeah, I think ah, that's a hard question kind of to answer because it's really the whole thing. Like, I've right, never so really. For been... me, outside looking in, a couple things that uh, have jumped out at me. Number one, you held in your hands, I, gee, I don't know, it's got to be like hundreds of thousands of dollars of a Macallan 50. Like, I don't even know what the price <laughs> is because there's like six of them in the world. <laughs> Um, Even on my Instagram, huh? <laughs> oh my god! I mean, yeah, obviously, but like, like you and I have an affinity, a shared affinity for bourbon and scotch, and I, I mean, did you get to taste that? Like, I need oh, to know. Oh, for sure. And, and Are you kidding? Was it better the than first sex? Thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> I depends on who you're having sex with, but I would say close second. Um, <laughs> close second, yeah. Um, it was a Macallan '65, and I posted my caption i was very proud of that one it said first time with a 65 year old <laughs> i got so much shit for that but i love that um, it was delicious and i believe that bottle was like thirty three thousand dollars. wow stupid. yeah but it was crazy. part of like again it's not like i bought it <laughs> that oh, no, was no, part yeah. of like a few years ago part of a bespoke um tasting series mccallan was hosting for their like super rare whatever spirit range and they had this really nice dinner here in the city and they invited a whole bunch of journalists, um, you know, over to taste it. And it was so cool. They even had like a, a hand, it came with a handler because you can't pour it yourself apparently. Because they don't want <laughs> to break the bottle. Yeah, or steal it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, just like, pour it in my mouth. And, <laughs> and so the guy comes over with his little white gloves and pours you the drink. And it's like, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Does the guy come with the bottle? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's amazing. He did not. He did not. That's unfortunate. I mean, for you, I, I would have been yeah. okay with just the <laughs> the extremely handsome <laughs> bottle of, of scotch. <laughs> I would have. 
both would have been great. <laughs> for, for sure. Um, my <laughs> other question for you is you get to travel a lot. Um, how has like COVID in the last year kind of impacted your, you know, work life balance? Obviously, you're probably not in an office anymore, you're home, you're remote, travels down. Um, ha- have you seen a significant, you know, kind of alteration in your, your daily life? Um, yes and no. Like I'm definitely the person who always worked from home from my couch wearing sweatpants and puts on a nice top for Zoom. That's definitely like <laughs> D- <ditto>. me. Yeah, do. <laughs> it's like nobody is none the wiser. But, um, you know what? And that's probably not something I should admit, but I, I don't really care. COVID sucks for sure, but it, it really hasn't disrupted my, like my work life in many ways. So I guess we're, we're really fortunate about that. Oh, I great. never stopped traveling. I never stopped doing anything. I'm still bi-coastal. You know, I go to LA for our shoots and we go to different countries for, you know, like to test out or scout locations for events. Like my team and I are just very like, you know what, say love, say lovey, like life is life. Let's just of course, be cautious and respectful of other people and, and follow the rules mm-hmm. to do that. But let's just not also be afraid and we're not going to limit ourselves. So whatever, we have something going on, we're still going to do it. And we still have been throwing events this whole time. I mean, certainly on a much smaller scale, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, like we just kind of never stopped. And, and honestly, in doing so, I think we've found a lot of success because people are like, thank God, like, thank God there's something to do. Like I'm being invited somewhere. Like it makes me feel a little bit more normal. And we've gotten that feedback from, I can't even tell you how many clients because they're just like, yeah, I'm over it. I mean, I'm careful, but I I just don't care anymore. I want life to go back to normal. And that's kind of what we've been providing them. And I think why we've been finding success in this like interesting time. That's awesome. I I love that. Uh, I think, you know, for, for me personally, I've spent the last year going through ups and downs, traveling, uh, taking pictures, starting a podcast, starting new businesses. I think like a lot of people who struggled over this time, you know, it's it's completely understandable. But also on the same token, there are people who are able to thrive in this super chaotic life uh, period of time in, in people's lives. And uh, I'm not surprised at all that you and you were one of those people. I mean, I've known, <laughs> I've known you, unfortunately, way too long now, <laughs> for sure. Um, so you've stumbled into like this really awesome uh, job and you've really been excelling over the last 12 months. Um, what kind of gives you confidence in your role? Um, or, you know, maybe just in life in general, because for me, obviously we we've known each other forever, but you've always struck me as a person extremely comfortable on their skin. Um, you know, extremely confident in the person that they are. Um, and you know, that, that probably leads to why you're such a, you know, incredible human being and so kind and, and, and giving. Um, but what is it that like, you know, you wake up in the morning, I'm Kara, I'm happy, um, I'm outgoing. Like, what gives you confidence uh, in life? I don't know. I think I just have a very sunny disposition to begin with. I've never, I've, I'm always like looking on the positive side of life, mm-hmm. probably to like a very annoying extent, too, because <laughs> people think like I'm either psychotic or like I'm full of shit. And I can't even tell you how many times I've had to like explain my intentions in meetings when. Because, like, well, I'm often the person that's like, no, nah, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. Like, you can pay just what you afford. And, you know, it's not, I'm not, I'm very, like, let's just make it work in the spirit of partnership, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people look at me and they're like, what's wrong with this girl? <laughs> so I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not trying to, like, pull one over or, like, anything. I'm just trying to do the right thing because I think that we could benefit from each other. And I, I think that I, it's just my temperament. But beyond that, just 
being like a good person kind of motivates me and I like to treat people kindly and with respect and like pay them on time and, and things, Isn't that, it, things it, that it also speaks to the world that we're in that like kindness and like you know outgoing you know positivity is constantly looked upon as incredibly disingenuous like how it's so sad but it's extremely true no i know and and yeah that is you're you're right that is a the fact that it's disingenuous like hurts my heart but i know i feel like i don't know i i i people want to work harder for people who appreciate them and that's just kind of like the example i try to you know lead with and give and and support friends and people where even if it's not a friend a total stranger just support everybody how and wherever i can and when i can and for nothing other than not that i i mean i don't expect anything to ever come back it's just all about doing the right thing and i think that that's how i found most of my success accidentally <laughs> is just honestly being a kind person and, and doing the right thing and and you know like life ends up having a way of working itself out oh i, I really love that and i'm glad you said that because you touched upon something that like you know so we've known each other for an incredibly long period of time but like let's say over the course of the last 10 years we've probably seen each other less than like a dozen times right like it's <laughs> it's it's not you know it's just not uh any reason other than just like it's difficult to link up with people as you get older um and and recently obviously i i hit you up i was like dude how do i grow my photography how do i shoot covers for noblemen for other other places and you were immediately like give me someone that you want to work with i'm going to email them and introduce you right now and you fucking did it and i think that is first of all incredibly rare incredibly generous and it's just it, it just speaks to the kind of person that you are that you're just willing to go out on a limb for someone who you know you trust you you respect and like it's just incredibly rare because people don't do that anymore and 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 when you said that you're, you know, trying to be out there and with incredible positivity and, and, and light, it just really shines through. And like, it's something that I'm, you know, incredibly thankful for, you know, to have you as a friend and it's just not normal. It's not, it's super uncommon in, you know, 2021. Um, and, and I think it's just, it's, it's pretty incredible that you, um, you know, you're willing to do stuff like that. So, uh, Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, no, thanks, John. I mean, you don't have to thank me. That's that's kind of like, you know, my job as like a human being. And also, I, you know, I don't, don't give me too much credit. <laughs> I think, you know, your work speaks for itself and you're super talented. And you know what you said earlier? You're like, oh, I found it like my passion a little bit later in life. But it doesn't really matter when you find it as long as you find it, you know. And And I think that timing is kind of everything, you know. Absolutely serendipitous timing in life you just got to go for what you want when you want and uh, i recently had dinner with a good buddy of mine and i know he's gonna listen to this episode so shout out to you isaac that that was a very very good time um but i think you know a, a lot of people uh go through life and you know they're ticked into a bunch of boxes you go to a certain college you go to a certain high school you make certain friends and you don't really spend a whole lot of time questioning the things that you like want to be or the things that you want to do and i think i've kind of got lucky that even though it's like you know i'm 35 and just starting to to find these passions that i've found them and it's like super easy to be like i'm living my 
passion, I'm living my truth. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm just doing the things that I want to make me happy. And I, th- I unfortunately don't think a lot of people do that. And, and, you know, whether you're in your 20s, and you get the opportunity to intern at a cool magazine, and you figure out that this is the thing that you've always wanted to do, or you're me in your 30s, you pick up a camera. Um, there's just so much time in our life that we don't spend chasing things that like ultimately make us happy. And for me, like it's, it's really cool to see other people, you know, stroking other people's passions and, uh, and, and, you know, desires. And, and obviously I think that that's pretty cool of you. Um, and, and and to just touch back a little bit on your job, um, you've traveled a bunch of places, you've met some really cool people. Is there any like article or piece that you've worked on to date that, um, is something that like maybe you had to fight for, or you really like were super passionate about that you can look back at now. And I don't know how many issues you're up to with Nobleman, but, um, that you're like, wow, that was, that was something that I'm super, super, you know, happy that I was able to, to be involved with. Oh, totally. Um, so we're on issue 15 right now of Nobleman um, that we're that will be coming out, I guess, May 31st-ish, somewhere around there. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I'd say one that really sticks out is my one, one I wrote very, very early on in like the state, maybe the first four issues of Nobleman. I can't even remember. It might have been like the second issue or this. So this is forever ago. But the Patron Hacienda in Guadalajara, like two hours outside of Guadalajara, Mexico. Mm-hmm. So that's it's the obviously the Patron factory, but it's this giant compound and you can't like you have to be invited there. You can't, it's not a hotel. Um, you know, you can't stay there. It's like literally invite only by Bacardi. Um, and it's it's crazy. So you get there. And it's like this giant mansion in the middle of nowhere, Mexico. <laughs> and there's like you, you feel like you're part of like the drug cartel and they like have. <laughs> The mirrors underneath the the trucks that they check oh, before they wow. enter you in. There's guys with like machine guns standing outside, and it's like a fortress. And then you get there, and it's just the most beautiful place. And you find out, oh my god, it actually is a hotel. They they just don't. It's not like you you have to be invited. You can't just like book the room. Like it's a <laughs> they have literal. They have like maybe twenty rooms, and they're so beautiful, and you can stay there. And I didn't realize how cool it was to be invited on that experience because um, it's pretty much like a once in a lifetime like who gets in who gets invited to hang out at the patron house yeah um, not me until, <laughs> like after i got home and i was like whoa this is cool <laughs> so and then i wrote this like six page feature on it um which we ran again like a long time ago but that was probably one of my favorite trips um just because it was so cool and i didn't realize the magnitude of the coolness till i got back <laughs> that's awesome that's that's pretty cool. I uh, I'm not a huge tequila drinker only because of what it does to me when I consume it. So that's why I stick to the to the brown stuff, the the scotch and the bourbons. Um, uh, on the same token of amazing stories, um, you obviously have had awesome experiences with incredible liquor, uh, some super famous celebrities. Um, I want to touch upon not so much like who was the coolest person you met or the nicest or whatever. Cause like, I think, you know, more or less those people have their own, you know, stuff that they've got to deal with. But for me, I'm super curious, what was the coolest car that you got to be around? Because I have one in my head that sticks out uh, extremely specifically. So for you, I'm just wondering, you know, as a person who grew up around the automotive industry and, and has a super, you know, ex- extremely uh, high passion for, uh, for, for cars, which, uh, does there one or two or 10 that stick out in your mind of something that was like holy shit i can't believe i get to see this definitely the bugatti and i always say this wrong chiron chiron, chiron. Yep. i don't know yeah yeah i've got one so 
sorry, sorry, Bugatti. <laughs> That's like I used to, I can't pronounce anything. Um, but that one, <laughs> I drove it. I got to drive that, which was cool. But they don't let you. Um, like obviously they don't give you a press loan for that. You can't borrow it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on right. your own. It comes with a handler. So like this guy sits in the front seat with you and gives you directions and tells you when to speed up and slow down. So this was in Greenwich, Connecticut, maybe like two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they invited me out to, I guess it was like Miller Motor Cars of Greenwich, Bugatti, whatever. Um, and so I went and we tested it and I got pulled over on I-95. <laughs> and like one, like 110 in, a, in like a 65. Oh my God. And like you don't, but you don't feel like you're going that fast because it's know. like a super safe car, right? And you, but, and also like your toe touches the gas pedal and you're like, you rocket know, ship. Forth. Yeah, like Mach 5. So, so the guy pulled me over. He's like, ma'am, do you know why I pulled you over? And I was like, because I let you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and he was like and he started laughing he was like good one i was like i know i can test drive i'll slow it down he's like okay because i literally could have gone to jail for that like 30 miles 40 miles over something crazy that is the fucking line like, of the century oh my god down, like okay i'm sorry <laughs> That's incredible. Um, I do own a Bugatti Chiron, so I'm glad you brought oh. that car up. Um, it right, is. What color? It, it's blue. It's blue. It is one uh, one twelfth the scale, and it took me twenty five plus hours to put together. But shout out to Lego because it, it looks pretty fucking cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping for the Koenigsegg in that same in that same format. That'd be awesome. Um, so it wasn't the Bugatti for me, obviously, because I'm, I'm bougie and I own one already, but, um, I don't know the specific model, but it was, um, it was the cover that John Hamm was on. Um, and it was like a Mercedes SL 1960 mm-hmm. something. It was like baby blue. It was, I, I was it an SL. Am I, am I wrong completely? Yeah, no, I believe that was the Mercedes. Good eye. That was a vintage Mercedes Benz 1954 Ooh. Gullwing. Oh God! It was so. Besides, the color was fucking it, kind of Bugatti blue, but it was baby blue, sky blue, whatever. It was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I, I'm super into vintage cars, and hopefully one day I'll own like a 1964 911 Turbo. I haven't thought about it at all, <laughs> but um, yeah, that car was super cool to me. And, super and, cheap too. Though. <laughs> super cheap, yeah. And uh, John Hamm is is a guy I, I get down with a lot. He seems like someone who's super down to earth, um, and, and just you know, cool dude. So the combination of a cool guy fucking beautiful car that that did it for me for sure oh yeah totally 300 sl Goldwing, 1954 it was awesome yeah um and i think that car was worth so mercedes-benz classic car center in irvine california Mm -hmm. fully restored that for the owner and his name was mr kleeman i believe who was on set and super nice guy um and yeah that car is worth over two million dollars yeah i was gonna guess that insurance waiver and i was like please nobody touch it (laughs) (laughs) that's gotta be stressful signing that insurance waiver where like yeah the tire out of the back and put it down um if you look through the story on on one of the shots and like john had to put his like foot on top of the rim i was like oh my god don't scratch it i'm gonna kill you See, that's the part of like the, the magazine life that you don't see because what you guys actually did was like put felt on the bottom of a shoe, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we just threw that on the floor, unfortunately. <laughs> don't tell Mr. Kleeman that. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's incredible. Um, you said something before we hopped on the line that I want to touch upon. Uh, obviously, you and your boyfriend, Frank, have been together for 
forever. Um, <laughs> and I, I like asking people if you're in love, but I mean, that conversation is, is pretty straightforward at this point, being that you've been in a relationship for 55 years. What is it about, what is it about, um, you know, your relationship that you love and how is it that you think you were able to identify at, I would say a pretty young age that like Frank was your guy. <laughs> um, that is a good question. I feel like you often don't know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, and sometimes I still don't know <laughs> if he's my guy, Fair. but I guess, I guess what you do is like, so we, we started dating at 18 and now we're 33 and that's a really long time. So he's pretty much spent like, all of our 20s, you know, together, people are always like, oh my gosh, how come you never got married? And we're like, you never fucking thought about it. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, oh, I guess, like, that's the thing people do. It was just never on our minds. Um, but I don't think that, like, you necessarily know what you want, right? Mm-hmm. At a certain point in life. So, like, you could even marry the person and be like, was this the right thing to do? And it's not until years later where, you know, they really support you in an effort of your life or an, an area of your life that's kind of unexpected. And you're like, Oh, I can see why now I chose this person because you know, X, Y, Z see now that this was the right choice. Um, you know, and Frank and I, God, yeah, it's been forever. And (laughs) it's been a little on and off too. Like there are definitely periods in there where, we weren't together mm-hmm. um but yeah. you know we eventually always i guess make our way back and um i don't know i guess to answer your question would be to say that you know nobody can predict the future but a lot of it comes down to companionship and traits that you wouldn't um you know and it's not it's not like lust or love all the time it's it's sometimes you're gonna argue and sometimes you're gonna you know, scream at each other and sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to like want space. And, but I think just that like commonality of the constant friendship needs to be there. Mm-hmm. And it's like somebody who definitely annoys the shit out of you, but <laughs> like, you know, they're in the like, best you way want them around. Yeah. You want them around. It's like, all right, I still hate you. We, you can go fuck off. But like, <laughs> what do we, what do you want to do for dinner? <laughs> yeah. Right. That's awesome. So I think love has like many forms and powers over the years. Um, has just been rooted in friendship, you know? And I think that's kind of kind of nice. That is super nice. And obviously being single for the last year plus and in, in my end of things is uh it's something that I, I look for and I strive for and I hope for that, you know, I'll meet my best friend slash, you know, confidant and counterpart in life. And uh, you know, obviously it's always cool to me. Like I've got a I've I've been very lucky that like a lot of my friends have really amazing relationships and they've been lucky and you know I'm not saying I haven't been lucky I've I've had good relationships I've had bad relationships and um it's nice when you see people who you care about to be happy in love and and obviously that's that's pretty cool um you know I think back to like when you were working I guess at L or or G maybe GQ or something that's like when we were you know we were talking a lot because I was doing the writing for the elite daily and things and all that relationship shit and uh you know it's it's just funny how like life works out and like you end up you know meeting someone at a young age that you spend you know 15 plus years with I know and sometimes I have to remind myself that I'm old and like oh my god (laughs) but you know one thing I've learned as an adult um you know is just is this is and this is definitely not the perspective I would have had when I was 18 years old. Is that like it's not always gonna be easy and it's not always gonna be happy. You know, like you, 
you are going to have periods of like trials and tribulations, but you know, going through, I guess like, it's hard to like put into words what I'm really thinking, but what I think I mean is just that like, you know, life is going to have ups and downs and it's just about like riding the roller coaster and weathering the storm and, and having somebody by your side, you can count on to do all that with. And I, my definition of like what, a meaningful relationship was when I was 18 is definitely not the same way that I see it now. And Mm -hmm. what I most appreciate about, you know, Frank as an adult is that like, I can really count on him, you know, and that's not something or a trait I would have valued when I was 18 years old. You know, I would have been like, Oh my God, but he wants to take me to the movies. (laughs) By the way, he's got a car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Right. Like, so it's it's very different, and I think that my sense, and honestly, it's a miracle that we're even still <laughs> like friends and together and and blah blah blah, whatever you know what we are because we've been through so many different like variations of life at this point. Yeah, so many chapters. You know? like, yeah, yeah. That that it's kind of like oh, all right, cool. Like that still works out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I mean, listen, that's nice. I think I think a lot of what you just said was super beautiful. I mean, it's like it's it's nice when you have like such a significant portion of your life that like you know through ups through downs that there's still someone there that like loves you unconditionally that you can rely on and uh that's nice i mean i don't have that i'm super jealous of that and and that's that's really nice um yeah no for sure i mean i'm awesome we know that um (laughs) on my instagram uh, a couple days ago i uh i was a little drunk you know i was in my feels and i and I, I've gotten to the point in my life where like I, I'm super blessed about the clarity of the person that I am. And for some people I know who are not there, it's like, you know, how can I help them get there? Right. And that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast, because I get the question all the time. John, why did you start a podcast? Like, what the fuck are you trying to do? But I've gotten some really nice feedback. And one of the things that I put on my Instagram was just a friendly reminder to be who and what you want in life. And I think a lot of what you just said is important. Like life is tough. Like you've got a lot of hardships and there's a lot of good times as well. But like letting you figure out what it is that fulfills you or makes you happy or the person or the relationships is is hard. Um, and it's not always easy. Um, and I, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's something that you really just have to, to, you know, focus on your internal happiness. And then that kind of opens you up to like having external successes in work, in life, in relationships. Um, and yeah, I think obviously you're, you're, you're there. <laughs> um, I'm, <gonna> try. <laughs> I'm trying my best, but I agree. And I think it's also about Supporting other people on that journey too, you know, and like helping them get there, which is something I I try to do. And I'm always that like nosy person. And Frank and I mean all my friends really want to kill me. And like when we're out at dinner and I see like a couple of fighting, I'll I like we'll go over there and be like, is everything okay? Here's the thing. Let me get some parts and wisdom <laughs> on you. And they're just like, oh my god, you're so embarrassing. But I can't help it. <laughs> I feel like. like the- I gotta be honest. I, I think you did that when we were, you, me, and Frank went out like 100%. six or seven years ago. I, I think you did that. I think I witnessed that, and I was like, "What the fuck did you just do?" Yeah, I know. I wow. can't help it. I love that. Maybe, maybe you need to start a podcast. That's incredible. Oh gosh, I that that would that would be interesting. I don't know that people should follow all of my advice. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I, I, but it's nice, Kara, honestly, because, you know, we've known each other for a long time and I can count on, you know, two hands of people who are genuinely sympathetic and caring about what other people in their life are doing and want to see the people around them be successful and be happy. And you're one of those people. And that's not common. And, and it's nice. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know if it goes back to your parents or your childhood or what, or, you know, or the, the comfortability that you have in your own skin, but it's not common. And it is, it's something that I try to touch upon a lot in these conversations, like getting to the bottom of like how you, uh, Kara are just like, just a truly great person. And, uh, and it's like, if we can kind of figure out these commonalities that we have and share as people, like we can all be happier and you know, it's, it's, it's why I have these conversations for sure. Totally. And you know what? I think that we can, you know, help other people get there too, just by being a good example. It shouldn't be uncommon, you know, it should be the norm. Absolutely. I I couldn't possibly agree with you more. Um, So it seems like you have like, you know, if you want to talk about boxes or, you know, the pie of your life, you've got like a bunch of things on the table that are great. You've got an awesome job. You've got a really cool career. Um, You know, you've got this wonderful relationship. Is there something that you're not doing that like you would like to say like, oh shit, in the next like two years, I want to write a book or I want to start a podcast (laughs) or fucking model or whatever. Is there, is there something that you haven't done yet to date that you like really hope for yourself in the future? Not really. This like sounds like really the douchiest answer, but <laughs> I, don't, I and I, I don't so. mean that in like a in like a uh, nothing kind of way. I just genuinely I'm like so fulfilled and so happy every day, and I'm literally doing everything I've ever wanted. So I maybe you know I like to like open up an office <laughs> here in New York. Yeah, that'd be cool. Have you know like a that kind of a space and and but real but no like for the most part I'm good. I like literally have the life of my dreams and I don't need one extra thing. I have, I have everything that I need and I don't even mean that in like a monetary sense. I, you know what I mean? Like I just, I have all the tools I need and I'm good. So everything I think that like comes my way, I'm super appreciative and I'm like, no, this is great. I appreciate this opportunity. Wow. How can I make the best of this? Or, you know, that's, wow. I, I, I love it took that. a long time, took a long time to get there, but you know, here I am and I'm finding myself on the other side of, of all my hard work. And I'm just really happy with the person that I am and the things that I do in my work. And I'm just overall a pretty fulfilled person. That's awesome. I mean, I, I can relate because, you know, I've, I think I put in the work over the last couple of years on myself to get to the point where like I, I'm starting to see the, the benefit of my hard work. And uh, man, I love that. That was such a, a, a wonderful uh, common and, and I and I love that for you. Obviously, that that's great. Um, I love that journey for you. <laughs> I, I, it sounds super condescending when you're like, "I love that for you," because I definitely heard that on a show somewhere where someone was like, mm, "I love that for you." But, I love. I say that to all my friends. I'm like, "I'm loving that journey for you." Or you say about yourself to sound like an extra asshole. You can be like. Mm, I'm loving this journey for me. I know. Yeah, I didn't mean it that way, obviously. No, no, no. no. I think it's funny. I say that yeah. to everybody. I know, I, but I've heard it on television shows and like as it being a condescending, douchey thing to say to a person. So like, I I totally understand what you're saying. <laughs> Um, let me let me ask you something so like i've struggled a lot with and and something that i've worked a lot on uh having that either um fomo or um feel like i'm i'm you know struggling at a certain point in my life when i compare myself to other people via social media and i still try to check myself 
you know, daily, weekly when I post pictures or when I drop podcasts and not worry about like how many people like it or how many people listen to it. Um, and I would love to know what your kind of uh, recommendation is for people um, to not get so wrapped up in what other people are doing, because outside looking in, you have this amazing fulfilled life and you do all this cool shit. You meet these amazing people. Um, is there something that you could like give someone advice to be like, listen, turn it off. Don't worry about it and just do your thing. <laughs> Social media, first of all. Is so fake. Okay, listen. Oh, yeah. My teeth have never been whiter. <laughs> I have no wrinkles in those photos. I don't think you understand. I look best in the Valencia filter. I know that. <laughs> I like <laughs> so all of everything I post is so highly edited, <laughs> and I don't care. It's just you know whatever. I'm admitting it. But I think if you are fulfilled in your own life, you don't really have that much FOMO, right, of other things. So maybe it's just about like understanding <laughs> taking it all with a grain of salt and and knowing like all right things are not as they appear and and there's definitely like <laughs> Kara has some forehead wrinkles but in this <laughs> in this photo you can't see them so like you know looks are deceiving and i think the more happy you are with your own life and situation the less you really care about um you know what are, everybody else is doing so i'd say the best advice is just work on yourself live a life you're like proud of and happy to be in i like that and and are you happy today sitting here <laughs> yes i'm super happy sitting here in my abercrombie and fitch sweatpants in my <laughs> in my in my bedroom that i just redecorated sitting here with my hair in a bun <laughs> i honestly couldn't feel better <laughs> that's awesome um you've had you've done some amazing things over the last 20 years that we've been friends and i expect nothing but great things from you moving forward because you know I truly mean this with all my heart. You're just such a kind, incredible human being. But, you know, 33, you're two years away from 35. Where do you see yourself kind of in the next couple of years? Like, you know, are you married? Are you having kids? Are you uh, starting your own magazine? Like what, what, what's kind of like the next step for your, you know, your, your next, uh, you know, st stage of growth in life? Mm, who knows? I mean, I'm kind of just open for whatever. I would eventually like to get married and have kids if that doesn't end up happening. You know, I'm not like married to that idea either. So it's mm -hmm. not, mine's more like whatever, you know, let's just do what makes you happy. So if that ends up happening, great. If that doesn't end up happening, I'll still be happy and live a great life. Um, I think that most of my attention right now is just like, I, I, I can see myself spending more time with my friends right going to hang out with my family more like that stuff is of more interest to me than like oh what a, you know what are, what are you doing for work or sure nobleman will always continue to grow and be great and and doug and lydia who you know are the founders of nobleman them and myself were opening up um you know a custom publishing portfolio where we will be developing like five or six new magazines over the next year um amazing so that's fun. So that's all, it's all happening, you know, but I think I, I see myself more focused on like matters of the heart and, and what are we, you know, like spending time with friends and I, I want to see myself in the next two, three, five years, whatever, nurture like those relationships versus focus on super, you know, anything super like work oriented, if that makes any sense. No, it makes total sense <clears throat> for sure. Um, 
you like obviously we've been friends for a while but like the the conversation that we're having is so um you know reassuring to me because it, it is always hard when you look at what other people are doing and you see what other people are doing and you seem like everyone's doing better than you but you have this way of putting me at ease even though most of this conversation has been about you and i i gotta give you credit it's 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 really nice i mean it, a lot of what you just said is so important and so uncommon it's so rare for someone and i can say this because i'm your friend who just genuinely wants to see other people be happy other people be fulfilled and other people be successful and uh yeah it's just so great i, I love that Thanks. And you know what? There are more people like there, like that out there. You just have to fr- find them and like just be their friend. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of what I did. You know, <laughs> like I can count, I can count on my one hand the number of like actual close friends that I have. You know, who aren't acquaintances and mm-hmm. or people like just real solid people. I know I can count on, and they're all that same way. And it took a really long time to find them or refine them. Like in some cases, there are people from my past who. You know, we had lost touch for an X amount of years, and now, you know, as we're adults and we're in different stages of our life, we're like, wow, wait, no, this, like, friendship really works and makes sense, and, you know, maybe we needed a little space to grow, but, like, ultimately, we came back together, and even better, and that's the kind of, you know, person I surround myself with, literally that same temperament, and I think that, like, you know, you, not, what's that saying, not, like, you are what you eat. <laughs> That's not what I'm thinking. But it's something like that. You it's attract like what you put out in the world. Yeah, 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 that. <laughs> so, also, you, you are what you eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So if you surround yourself with people that are like that, you know, chances are you'll continue to find more. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I, also, you are what you eat. But yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> well, in that case, I am an ice latte. Oh, nice. I am a nice mm. coffee as well <laughs> second of the day and i'll be having third as soon as i'm done with this <laughs> okay. and uh, i'll be icing some cinnabons that i made with my nieces um so yeah i've got a mm, I'm very loving that journey for you. <laughs> a very busy <laughs> afternoon on on the docket for sure um i want to hit you with a couple rapid fires um just uh, off the top of your head could be you know top one two or three things uh in, in within the category but what is your favorite book Ooh, my favorite book is this book called The Karma of Love by this guy, and he sounds like definitely an insane person, so you have to like take it with a grain of salt when you (laughs) read it, because people who are super into like yoga and meditation and yada yada, whatever, like I get it and I agree with it, and I think there's definitely value to that, but nine times out of ten, they're like just psycho, right? So. So, like, this guy, when you're reading this book, you're like, okay, you're definitely a psycho. And I accept that. But I believe in what you're saying. <laughs> so, so you have to, like, kind of pick it apart. And But I think his name is, like, Geshe. He's, like, a, I don't know, Michael something. The Karma of Love. And basically, it's about how your actions in all areas of life, like, beget other things. So if you are not happy with your... Um, you know, relationship, how you can communicate with other people in a different way that would make, you know, your effective, effectively get the outcome you want, you know, without having to like go to that person and be like, hey, you're a piece of shit. Why are you? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. It's cool. Look it up. And then there's one for business too called like the Diamond Cutter Institute or something like that that he wrote. So two books, 
definitely a little bit of an insane person, so just know that. But <laughs> ultimately, the advice is good. <laughs> good. All right. I'll, I'll link it in the notes below. Um, what's your favorite movie or couple movies? <clears throat> okay. The Princess Diaries. <laughs> oh, of course. What's not to love? <laughs> With Anne Hathaway from 2003 or 2001, maybe? 2001, yeah. for sure. Early 2000. Um, I could literally quote every... <laughs> What's her name? Princess that? something from Girl Baldy Land or something? Princess Mia from Genovia. Genovia. Yeah, <laughs> it was close. <laughs> and I can sing every song from that soundtrack, and I do. And it's like real embarrassing, but. Well, I know I what we're doing for the second time I have you on the podcast. Oh my God. I <laughs> it's a musical cry edition. Every time I watch that movie. Yeah, I'll sing it. Oh my God. I don't care. Fuck I'll yeah. Do dance, too. <laughs> oh, video I cry podcast. When I watch that movie. It's so inspiring. That's amazing. I love that. Anything else? <laughs> no, that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> it's a Real Academy Award winner. I don't. I don't know why it. It's didn't not. That year. <laughs> it didn't win Academy Award, did it? <laughs> and the no, no I didn't think so. And the soundtrack—that's a real banger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of all the things that I would use to describe the soundtrack of the Princess Diary, I don't know that banger banger, banger would be it. <laughs> <laughs> there are adjectives. Banger is not at the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> so great. So great. What's your favorite food? everything <laughs> i am only i'm allergic to diet and exercise only so I those are two much very eat, good things to be allergic to <laughs> i pretty much eat everything and profusely make fun of people who are like i'm gluten-free <laughs> <laughs> well, unless they have um, a gluten like allergy really in which case exactly. unless they're like don't really come celiac and then i and then i feel bad yeah. but people for the most part aren't and they're just annoying <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that. um pizza pizza pasta lots of carbs Good. you know yeah very, like very similar I, I appreciate that what is the biggest piece of advice uh that you can give to someone who's hearing you on this podcast for the first time who might not know you what's something that you know give me a charism hmm. um let's see charism just like do what makes you happy and be a nice person. I don't know that there's like a real ism there, but it's just generally good advice. Yeah, be <laughs> <You> nice. <know? laughs> just be a nice person. Don't be a piece of shit. I think that's a very good life <laughs> motto for sure. You can quote me on that. <laughs> I will. Warmly <laughs> don't and be accurately. Don't a total piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love that. Listen, I'm going to pay you uh, the 57th and 58th compliment uh, for the day. Uh, I'm super glad that we have been able to remain friends for as long as we have because I, I truly think that you're just one of the kindest and, and nicest people that I know and that I have in my life. And the amount of positivity that you put out in this world is honestly sort of inspiring and something that I strive to be a little bit nicer and a little bit kinder to people in my life. And uh, I just I find you to be such a unique, awesome person who just genuinely wants to see the people in around them. Them, uh, around you be successful and happy and uh, something that I just super appreciate uh, for you as a human being um, and without question I'm super grateful for our friendship for all these years and obviously thank you so much for coming on the podcast today um, before I let you go and tell you any more <laughs> positive qualities that you already sure know about yourself <laughs> I don't what? think you've given me enough actually <laughs> I'll write Keep some going. more down and, and text you them later <laughs> what's one recommendation that you have for everyone listening to you today uh, could be a book could be a movie food booze car whatever just any any sort of recommendation for everyone hmm what do i recommend Kara recommends let's see 
Um, you know what I'm actually loving right now? And it's kind of like, <laughs> it's it's called the Coravin. And it's this thing that, this accessory I found for like wine. Mm. And basically, it's a way to open like a nice bottle of wine without having to take the cork out and finish the whole thing. Because I like to have like maybe half a glass of wine, right? Once every now and then. But I'm not going to open the whole nice bottle and, and then have to, you know, drink the whole thing. It preserves it. So you can like literally have one glass of like a $200 wine, put the thing back, and no one's the wiser. You could even still give it away as a gift and nobody would know. This <laughs> has one glass missing. So anyway, I don't know that it's like, I, I would recommend that <laughs> because it's really fucking cool. That is or really cool. Wine. Yeah. I, uh, or you can like, imagine like being a teenager and having, the, oh my God, I shouldn't say this, but like stealing your parents' wine. Like they wouldn't even know, like, like the I'm, technology I'm gonna available have, today. I'm going to for sure have to look this up because, well, I don't have the same problem as you because when I open a bottle of wine, I finish it. But <laughs> I am super intrigued about this device because that seems pretty cool. I, I've never encountered a bottle of wine that I opened that I haven't finished, but that's probably uh, more of a me problem than anything else. <laughs> No, now that I, after 30, my body was like, yeah, no, you can't hang. So after oh. like two glasses, I have a headache and I can't, listen, I can't pretend that I didn't use to chug that from a box, you know, <laughs> and now I, I can't have two glasses of wine without being like, I don't feel good and have a heartburn. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> See, I, you know, I, listen, people don't believe me when I say this. I don't get hangovers anymore. It is, I, I don't, I think it's just because I don't mix like stuff so like if i start with wine i finish with wine if i start with bourbon i finish with bourbon i don't have like a beer a glass of wine and then a bourbon and i don't do any sort of intermingling of types of alcohol and i haven't had a hangover in years well maybe that's what i should start doing yeah it's it's it's, an, it's a nice <laughs> just just do stick with Burn one yeah there's like beer before liquor never been sicker or liquor before beer you're in the clear or something like that so i just change it to oh, no. just drink one type of thing and for that night you should be fine and also hydrate <laughs> like before you go to bed chug a water or a gatorade and you should be fine that, that rhymes perfectly yeah you nailed it <laughs> yeah thanks um my recommendation <laughs> for the podcast today's episode will be a book that i'm sort of 50 percent through it's called hillbilly elegy it's a movie i haven't watched the movie yet um but it's a really thoughtful introspective look at uh you know a young man growing up in i think ohio um and just like all of the trials and tribulations he's encountered and you know how he kind of uh looks upon you know socioeconomic uh happenstances in the united states over the last you know 10 15 20 years and uh, i'm super enjoying it so far and and i think uh, a lot of people could get a lot out of it and i'll uh link it in the notes below well kara Stuzinski, my dear friend, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast today. Um, I'll gladly link your Instagram and the Nobleman website in the notes below. Um, I love you. You're such a good friend. I I'm really appreciative of uh, how just truly giving and amazing human being you are. And uh, thanks for coming on today's episode. Oh, thanks, John. I appreciate you having me. And I'm, I'm really proud of you. This is this is awesome what you're doing and you're super talented. So keep up the good work. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye.